What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Uh, uh, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I hope you're all well. I'm absolutely fine. Thank you for asking. Uh, today we're going to do a little bit of a business one. I just like I like talking about business. You know what I mean? I've learned a lot over the last few years. A lot of mistakes that have been made uh, have been learned from, and I think. This is something that I wish I had when I was a little bit younger and trying to come up in the business world, trying to learn business. And that's kind of what I want to do today. Probably looking about half an hour because then the hairdresser is open. I need to go get my mop cut. And uh, so I put out a question asking about business, finances, um, what else? Anything like any kind of like procedure that goes into business. And I'm going to answer to the best of my ability. Let me preface this with. I'm not a business guru. I'm not, I don't even like, I've never had a business guru. I don't know. I know like the limitations of my business knowledge is probably very, very minuscule compared the, not the limitations, the knowledge that I have around business is probably very minuscule to a lot of big people. But I feel like I've gained like that, that entry level knowledge that is not necessarily like there to get. And there's like a lot of low-hanging fruit that I think that a lot of people can get and just grab it and can make some good differences into their companies, businesses, etc. So I just asked a load of questions and we're just going to go through them. There'll probably be some I don't know the answer to. There'll probably be some that I do know the answer to. So we'll uh, we'll go through it. Do you have a business mentor? So I, I, I have mentioned this, but I wanted to just elaborate on it because I've never had a business mentor, but I've looked for business mentors. I've spoke to business mentors. None of them have ever given me the correct vibe. It always ends up being very salesman-y, and I just think, fuck off, mate. I just think, shut your fucking mouth hole right now. It's pissing me off. Because it's never just like talking to me like a human that's trying to sell me. And as soon as I hear like sales words, like upsell, <laughs> which is, is quite a good one, to be honest. Or like, I've got an example. Uh, I contacted a business mentor uh i'm not going to say i don't i don't know i don't know how like open i should be about these things cuz it i don't want to like impact other people's businesses. it's not my it's not my it's not my job here to to ruin other people's businesses but i rang this guy or he rang me business mentor uh, it was 2 grand a month it was going to be but he wanted to get me onto a call because business 101 get them on a call so you can secure them and you know what as an online coach that really really works um, getting people on a call, getting them face value. And that was one important thing that I learned from that. You know, get them on the phone and you can talk to them. However, if you're shit on the phone, don't. Uh, and if you are going to rub me up the wrong way, then don't call me. And that's what this guy did. He just ultimate fucking lame, I'm sorry to swear so much, lame business tactics. And this is how it was. Hey, Josh, how you doing? I'm, I'm good, mate. How, how you doing? Yeah, yes. Oh, what are you up to? I'm, oh, it's actually my mum's birthday. Um, this is me. It's my mum's birthday. I'm just going out for a meal tonight. Blah blah blah. He goes, "Oh, what? This is within the first sentences." Well, trust me, next year's birthday is going to be a lot better. And I just thought, "Oh, mate." Anyone who sells a dream, be aware. Anyone who 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 sounds very 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 good uh, in terms of like what they can offer you, people who are throwing what you're going to get out of it, be very very wary because you're never going to get out what they what they say. You might. What they should say is there is potential there to get to this six figures a month. Like that's what the thing people were telling me, uh, and, and that's what I get probably now. Like you can, I get these people. Uh, I I see potential in you to get six figures a month, and they hear this six figures, six figures, or even five figures, I mean, ten grand a month. Fucking out, it's loads of money, isn't it? Let's face it. 
five figures we can i've had people with five figures and you know what there are many many business gurus out there who have turned people from earning two or three grand a month to earning ten five figures many many people but just be very aware of the ones that say i can do that i'm going to do this for you like this is going to happen you're going to be earning 120 grand a year minimum and it's like well you you actually might not because you might not be able to apply what they say blah 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 so be very very aware and you know what there's some very very good business gurus who go look listen this is what some of the clients have done before we hope that we can get you there you know if we can if we can teach you if we can employ some of these tactics that we've got as a business as a business group or a business mentor group then we really really believe you know that you have the potential to get there as long as you can work with us that's doesn't doesn't that sound so much nicer than saying Next year's birthday is going to be much better. Like, all right, give it a rest with your ego. Like, I don't know. That kind of stuff really turns me off. Anything that kind of turns into salesy. Because I find that sales, like, especially with people who who have established business. Like, I have an established business. Like, I have two established. I have three businesses. But I have two businesses that earn me, earn me money. Like, I know how to fucking do this. Don't treat me like a, like a gimmick. Like, don't treat me like a number. And it kind of just like, like treat me with some respect. Treat me like I actually know stuff rather than like treating it like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain, but sometimes it comes over quite like, just like, I, I say salesy, but salesy is like hyperbole, over-exaggeration, uh, dropping figures and names that are like a fish hooks. Yeah, stop dropping so many fish hooks and show me the big fish. That's much more effective for me, I think. So you get a lot of these guys who cast out a wide fucking net. And guess what? You cast out a wide net, you get a lot of fish. Doesn't mean that you're good. I want a prime fish. I want a koi. I want a, I want a Japanese koi fish. That's what I want. So be very aware. Uh, do you invest every month? Uh, very good question. I do. I do indeed. So when I started earning money, uh, and by money I mean like money that I was like, whoa, this is a little bit too much for me to even spend, because obviously it starts off when you build a business that you don't earn any money at all <laughs> for a very long time, for like three years. Um, I would say I've been in business for five years. I've been doing this for five years properly. So the first like two and a half years, three years, I really just didn't earn money. Like it was enough to live, right? I say I didn't earn money. I didn't uh, earn a surplus of money. So very, very much at the start of it you're like living paycheck to paycheck, right? And that's normal. That's to be expected. That's what every business starts off of. You start off zero income and you've got to build it up. So it started off with actually not saving any money and having no sense of saving, no sense of future self at all. And that was something that was instilled to me by my parents. My parents spend money like no tomorrow or have done in the past, right? Probably not now. I mean, my mum's my mom's done really well. She's a teacher, so she's got, you know, a great pension and... and, and and, you know, she's got money in the bank that's going to be for the rest of her life now. So she's she's okay. Not that that's, like, overwhelming amount of money, but, like, you know, whatever, 20 grand a year for the next 10 years or something she can she can do. Bearing in mind, she's 67 this year, right? So you've got to think start thinking about that end of... This is horrible to say, but you've got to start thinking about that end of life plan when she's retired. So she gets her retired money, and then she's got to save money. My dad's got nothing. My dad uh, my dad went lived in Dubai for 15 years, earned something like 120 grand a year tax free so over a over nearly two million pound in 15 years or whatever it is that he would have earned and he's got nothing to show for it because he just spent it and obviously like we become products of our of our 
surroundings our parents more often than not right so I've, i was like that i got money i spent it i got an overdraft i spent it. i've been in an i'd been in an overdraft from the moment i could take one out at like 16 or 18 whatever it was as soon as i went to uni i was in that 400 pound overdraft for the next three years and i never got out of it until i earned a bit more money and then i cancelled the overdraft um but i i like i personally take pride in learning from other people's mistakes that's like a thing that i developed within myself which was really like thank god i fucking did because otherwise i'd have been broke ass beach uh which is fine by the way if you are broke ass beach because you i was as well and you can you can get there so i feel like i learned a lot from my parents based off what they did and i didn't want to do that if that makes sense so i started putting money away as soon as i got a surplus of money let's say I probably didn't start saving until I had a surplus of about £500 a month, okay? So let's say I had £2,000 a month that I earned. Uh, £1,500 was like everything that I needed to spend, petrol, money, food, going out and doing what I needed to do, rent or whatever it is. Um, that was when I started to invest. And I started off with just £50. I went, right, okay, I'm going to put £50 uh, every month into uh, help to buy ISA. I'm like, why am I going to do help to buy? So because I need help to buy a house because I'm not earning enough and I want that 5% mortgage, I think it is. Uh, and I want, you know, whatever. I want some help. I think they match you up to about six or seven grand or something. So they can almost get you, like, you know, if you get seven or eight grand in there and they match you up to seven, you've got 14, 15 grand. Well, where I used to live in Stroud, uh, in the Gloucestershire area, like, and you and you want a 5% mortgage, well, you could buy a 200,000 pound house for 15 grand deposit. So for me, I was like, cool, that's that's, that's good. 50 pound a month, uh, of course, it's going to take me many, many, many years to get there. But the goal was, right, I'm going to earn uh, 600 pound profit next next month or 700 pound profit. And then I'll go to 100 pound a month that I would invest. Now, in hindsight, uh, I should have put that into a, a lifetime ISA. Uh, you have like a little bit more flexibility with it but it doesn't make it doesn't doesn't make a huge difference to be honest um so I'm, I'm not too worried about that then as i started earning like a little bit more um that 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 ultimately increased that that money that i paid into investments increased so i went eventually to 200 pound um and then probably from the last two years uh i now i now put a thousand pound away every every month which is crazy, 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 crazy to say because that's a thousand pounds on top of paying my rent, on top of paying my bills and everything. So, um, and and of that, I would say that six hundred pound of it goes into the S maybe five hundred pound of it goes into the S and P five hundred. Uh, two hundred pound of it every month goes into a stocks and shares ISA, which you can fill up tax free every year. I probably should do a little bit more on that because you can do twenty k a year. Um, and then three hundred pound of it, I'll put in stocks and shares that I like that I, I enjoy, you know, Tesla, uh, Airbnb, uh, booking.com, things like that that I, I use, I believe in for the future. That's where I put that money. So now, you know, for the last two years, I've put away £1,000 a month. That's £24,000 that I've put away in the last two years. Now, um, you know, that's obviously worth a lot more now because the, the stocks and shares have gone up over time. I was also very, very lucky that the time I was like, right, I'm going to start putting... I basically was doing two hundred pound a month into my into my my ISA, my help to buy ISA, and then I was like, no, I need to put another eight hundred pound somewhere. This is stupid. Um, and I actually made quite a big jump up to about five hundred. Then I did eight hundred. Then I did a thousand pound, probably within like four months of each other, because income kind of went up a little bit. Um, but fortunately, I did that like <laughs> at the height of the pandemic. Coincidentally, not like 
thoughtfully. But coincidentally, I did it at the height of the pandemic, so all the stocks and shares were in the bottom of the ground. So that £24,000 that I've put in over the last two years is looking a lot more than £24,000. It's looking very good. Uh, it doesn't mean it's going to go up and up and up. It doesn't mean it might go, it might go down still. But that like money that I've put away has a keep like over two years. If you put a thousand pounds a year into S and P five hundred, on average you're getting a hundred pound back. You know, so when that starts to be uh, eventually, hopefully, a hundred grand in the S and P five hundred, you're making ten grand a year just off interest off that, um, or or sorry, off the off, off off the stock price going up just off off the S and P five hundred. So you can see how it accumulates quick. And let's say, you know, I put in twenty four grand over the last two years. I would say something like fifteen of it is in the S and P five hundred. You know that's now that's now gaining me. What's ten percent of it? Fifteen hundred. Um, yeah, that's now gaining me fifteen hundred pound a year. You know, so that's three thousand pound profit I've had off just that, just having my money there. And that money would have been in the bank anyway, or spent. You know, so it's it's it's, it's a very very good decision that that people invest. And I think that the earlier you can start. Uh, it doesn't mean that you need to start with a thousand pounds, but the earlier you can start the habit, the better. Um, top three things you recommend before starting a business: Poof, uh, having a having a product. Uh, having a product is probably the main thing that you need. I think a lot of people want businesses, and that was my issue: was that I wanted a business. I knew that I needed a business in order to monetize being on social media, other than just doing online coaching. I know that online coaching has. Um, a lifespan, but also a uh, like a maximum. Like, there's only so many people I can coach. There's only so many coaches I can take under my wing, and it's just like it's that wasn't necessarily the route that I wanted to take. So, have a product. That's where I made one of mine. I just started sending hoodies, but then I realized that there has to be a better product than that. So, have a product. Um, have some sort of vision with that business as well. I think like. Starting a business for the sake of just making money and trying to sell something doesn't work. But if you can start a business with a legacy, with a meaning, with a mindset, with a, you know, obviously like one of my, I'm just trying to say here. I think it goes so much further. You know, there's many, many brands out there without a message uh, or, or, or without a strong message, you know, but business is better with a cult, with a with a team, with a with a with a meaning, with a people buying into the meaning rather than the product because they'll always buy your products if they believe in the meaning versus, you know, do you build a company that sells um, a product that people are going to float by and then leave and then, you know, struggle to find it or is a business going to do better with a comp- with with people that believe in the company and they think, nah, this is fucking sick. You know, I love the mindset. I love the lifestyle behind one of my, they're going to, they're going to support you no matter what. You know, if you get three companies in front of you, they all sell wrist wraps and they're all pretty placid. It doesn't really make a difference where the consumer buys to them. But if you've got three lineups and one of them has an amazing meaning and you resonate with that, you best believe they're going there every single time. So that's another thing. Uh, And probably some money, uh, depending on what you want to do. You can't start all businesses with zero, but you can. Mm, You can start with businesses with zero, but it's a lot more difficult. How to have the confidence slash know when to outsource instead of doing it yourself. So I think that the majority of the start of a company is going to be yourself. And you're going to very, very quickly learn what you want to learn and what you don't want to learn. Um, I'm, I'd am i really like to see the statistics of what sells, what the recurring themes are, uh, what the pattern of selling is. 
uh, that's kind of where I really like to strive. So that's where I spend my time. Um, I'm not good at designing. I have good ideas, but I can't bring them to life. So that naturally became something that I needed to outsource. Um, ultim- you know what? Ultimately, what are you good at and what do you enjoy? Focus on it. And, and I, really, I truly, truly believe that. And I've learned from people like Ben Francis. I've learned from people like Gary Vee. I've learned from people like... Um, what's his fucking name? Tony Robbins. Uh, it's a hard one to remember. Um, and all of them have the ability to emotionally detach and put someone better in their place. Like, I am not good at email marketing. I've never done it in my life. I'd have to go away and learn. I can do it. Like, I do know a lot about it. I understand that you can get these apps that build into your uh, build into your website sales, and then through that, they can basically... Like they can do crazy, crazy, crazy things with their algorithms. For example, how long did the user's mouse hold over a product? And did they get full through of it? If they didn't follow them up, would they like to buy that product? Um, patterns of buying, they understand how often you buy. Like if you're a repeat buyer, they understand how often that you buy and just before that you're preempted to or... or uh, thought to be buying again based off the algorithm, you'll start getting targeted emails. Like, there's so many layers to it. And I've learned that over the last, like, whatever, few weeks looking, learning, looking at email marketing. But I know there's an expert who's been doing it for 15 years. So why the fuck should I spend my time uh, doing that when my time could be spent elsewhere? Like, I've got product development to do. I've got samples to work out. I've got uh, suppliers to communicate to. So that time doesn't need to be taken up by me learning email marketing and learning how to drag and drop it in when I've got the funds available to pay someone to do it. If you haven't, you're going to have to do what you need to do. Remember, you can't outsource if you don't have the money to do it. So when you do start to outsource, make sure it's something that you're Make sure it's something that you know that you just like you just couldn't do it, you know. Especially if it's like your first outsource. Like my first outsource was Andy filming me because I knew that I couldn't film to the level that I needed to in order to bring my entire content level up. I couldn't film enough to get TikToks, to get Instagram, to get pictures and stills and content for Instagram out. So that's why I invented uh, invested into my videographer, and it started off really really little. We did four videos a month, and it was you know eight hundred pound a month, um, which is obviously a lot of money. Um, but then we start to see that return on investment. You start to see the whole quality going up. You start to see people going, we love the, the, the investment in quality. Then, okay, you start to taper up. And now, you know, we, you know, we do this three times a week, every single week. So you can imagine what that, what that costs over four times the amount, five times the amount. Um, and, and just build into it and you're going to start small. So your, your first outsourcing might be Fiverr.com helping you find a logo. You know, your second one might be Fiverr.com helping you do some Instagram posts, you know, and then, you know, maybe build a rapport with them and then you can build into it. So you've got to consider those things when you're when you're going through that outsourcing process. Um, do you visit potential suppliers if they're outside the UK to check on their quality? So this is something that's very, very difficult for me to do. The suppliers, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you, the suppliers are in China, they're in Bangladesh, they're in Pakistan. Yeah, why? Because the cost of labor is cheaper, the cost of materials is much cheaper. Um... And everything is just cheaper, so that's why you do it. That's why I can sell these things for to you. You know, for example, um, we get hoodie. If we got a hoodie made here, it would cost me twenty four pound per hoodie. Like that's fucking crazy. No, not twenty four pound. Twenty eight pound per hoodie. You know, if you want to get things like 
uh, embroidery, if you want to get your uh, your toggles labeled, if you want to get labels personalized, if you want to get uh, bags done. It just The prices in England are just fucking crazy and it doesn't make it possible for me to make enough profit. If you've got to think about, that's 26, 28 pound. Let, let's, let's be conservative. Let's say it's 20 pound. Well, I sell my hoodies at 40 pound. So that's 20 pound profit. But of that 20 pound profit, I have to pay 90% tax. I have to pay 20% VAT. So that's 40% of that that's you know that's twelve pound profit, and then I've got to pay uh, to hold that in my warehouse, which is a couple pound. Then I've got to pay for the pick and packing of the people that work there. That's a pound per item. So now my profit starts to look at like, you know, ten to twenty percent, and then it just doesn't. Then the rate of growth, the rate of sale, is not quick enough in order for me to grow and invest back in. So you've got to worry about those things. Um, it's not just face costs. It's not just like what comes in is is it. It's what comes in minus tax, minus VAT, minus postage and, ha- uh, and handling, minus the warehouse holding fee, minus the, you know, so it, it gets a lot, lot more difficult um, as, as you go through that process. But back to the original question, I know I got sidetracked there. Um, it's very, very difficult for me to, to, to do it because I'm a bodybuilder first. And, and I've said this first and foremost, I can't just go to China on a holiday. I will. And I will go to Pakistan. I've I've got something kind of lined up, hopefully, for the end of the year to go to Pakistan just to kind of meet the supplier of this new stuff if it goes well. Um, and then potentially we'll do China next year if we can just to meet everyone, just to make sure everything's all good because I don't want to be affiliated with something that isn't. But just as a, as a side note, everything comes with uh, every business you go into, um, if you do it properly, some people don't, and they get the shady one. Um, I see the business certificates of, of both of, of the three companies that I work with from suppliers. I see their health and safety checks. I see their working conditions. They will film things like that. They have that on their like portfolio as such. They say, this is our factory. This is our working conditions. These are our people. And they're saying, you know, they kind of make a point of it because it's obviously, it's notorious that people get extorted and, you know, child labor and all that kind of shit. So they go out of their way to make sure that they're not like associated with that. Which is which is really really good for me, and you can search them up on Google or whatever, and you can find their kind of history of of uh, health and safety rating and everything. So that's kind of what I did with my due diligence. But I would love to get out there; it'd be really really cool. How much of your own money did you put into one of our? Um, so I have two businesses or two main businesses that earn me money: the coaching and the sponsors. And then one of my so the coaching the sponsors started off originally, and I thought right okay my money I'm building up some money in in this coaching account. Uh, I know that I wanted to launch uh, the business one of my, uh, so I put five thousand pounds into the one of my account, um, and that was it five thousand um, pounds. I spent maybe three thousand pounds of it um, on hoodies. Uh, I spent maybe five to six hundred pound on filming the hoodies and getting pictures done, and then I sold them all. And you know, you make whatever it is, double your money or whatever it is, then you got seven or eight, and then I did it again, and I did it again, and I did it again, and I did it again. I've literally never taken any money out of there. That's a lie. I took out money once for one month of payment to myself, and that was just because my coaching account went down. You know, I was spending uh, a little bit of money to try and compete and. You know, it was a it was a period of time where I was like, I never wanted to take money out of one of mine, but I thought, fuck, I've got no money. I need to, I need to take a little bit out just so I can I can live this month. 
So I took out the bare minimum. I think I took about, I think it's the the, the minimum 719 pound and like 33 pence or something. And I just took that out for one month. And I've never taken anything out since because I've, I thought, fuck, I don't want to be in that situation again. This needs to run it by itself. So we went away and we went away and did that. So 5,000 pounds is what I started, which is cool. How long has it taken for you to build this brand and when did it become successful? So we've been officially, I say we've been official for about a year, just under a year, but we've have had the business for about two years. So when we first started, I would say it's never not been successful, right? We've never not been selling the stuff that we sold. There was never like a, I'm very, very lucky or, or, or I planned it well. <laughs> we've never been in the situation where I've bought a load of shit and no one's bought it because I've always tried to buy what the demand is. Uh, just also have not had the money to do it, right? So with that five thousand pounds, like I bought like a hundred hoodies, and then we sold the hundred hoodies in in two days, right? Okay, cool. My demand is at least a hundred, so I knew the next time that I buy something, we do one fifty. So we did one fifty, and then you know we sold one hundred and twenty hoodies in two days. I'm like, cool, right? Okay, so more, and then we sold all one fifty within a week. I'm like, cool. So my weekly, like, pr- granted it's a new it's a new product, and granted it's not going to be recurring buyers. My like weekly demand is maybe like 150, all right? So let's try 200 next time and we'll try two different colors, you know? And you just org- organically build that up to the point when obviously now you now I can get products that doesn't matter if they sell loads because we sell other products and then we can still cater to people that want the product, for example. Um, so it's probably taken me about two and a half years, two years to like build it into what it is today. But I would say also... I've been building this for 10 years. <laughs> like this has come as of a, a part of me, right? Uh, this is an extension of me. Uh, and this is how everyone knows about it is from me. So I've been quote unquote building it for like nine or 10 years, but it's only become a thing. Like if you understand what I mean, I built the, I built the social media to be able to launch a business, for example. So yeah, uh, successful depends how you define success. Um, we make profit, we make money now, so is that success or is success when it's a seven-figure business or eight-figure business? I don't know. It depends how you define success, but I would consider we've had success, but I, I, I want much more and I know that this can be much, much bigger because I'm under a year of me having a website. Do you know what I mean? The rest of it was like, um, fuck, how did I even sell it? I think I sold them through DMs before. Oh, no, no, I, I sold them through someone else's website, the people who do my pick and packaging. It was just like uh, a drop-down box on their website, and you just went and bought it. So it's not really like official. And then before that, it was my DMs. Before that, it was my DMs. What size hoodie do you want? Cool. Here's my PayPal. Send me, and I'm doing it all for DMs. So it's under a year of having a full business, um, I would say. Um... How do you manage stress with running your own business, being responsible for unemployment? So I don't employ those people. That's the first thing that doesn't stress me out too much. The thing that stresses me out, I do get stressed about paying my videographer because pay him a lot of money and that's a lot of money that goes into his bank account per year. You know, if I'm paying him 30 to 40,000 pound a year and I just don't want to do that anymore. You know, like that's a lot of pressure to take away from someone, which I don't, I don't want to do that. So that's that's probably the only pressure that I feel like that. Um, 
the rest of it is more like working relationships so what they get out they what they put in they get out type of thing and they're not contracted to me so it's not too worried like we don't have like I don't employ a team of people just yet obviously hopefully we will so there's not loads that relies on me and those that do rely on me uh I know that this isn't stopping and their places are are set in stone so I'm not, I'm not so worried about it um managing the stress just becomes about time management like I am very uh I'm very good at switching off when I need to so I can just like right I'm not going to do any more I'm done but I'm also pretty pretty fucking efficient when I work I would like to say that I'm one of like I'm really good at working like I'm really really good at working when I'm in the zone I'm in the fucking zone and I get shit done uh doesn't mean it's easy to get in the zone but it's it's, it's not too bad uh, so now on the coaching side, did how did you build your coaching business? So this, uh, I'm going to be honest, like a lot of it is just from reputation. A lot of it is just from the followers. Like I don't need to advertise my coaching anymore, fortunately. Um, I do every now and again when I want to just fill those numbers up. Um, but it just started off with showing people what I can do. Um, being educatory. <laughs> That's not a fucking word. Educating on Instagram, on YouTube, giving my opinions on things telling people how to do things and uh people start going oh that makes a lot of sense can you do that for me and i said yeah all right and i did a lot of people for free uh, i did people who i knew would look really good and be good for business for free um i charged people like 50 pounds to start off with so it was a low entry point easy for people to make that decision um like fucking 10 pound a week like 12 pound 50 a week do you know what i mean that's just nothing for an online coach and then I just built it up, you know, went to 75, went to 100, went to 120, went to 150, went to 180, went to 200, now I'm at 250. You know, just over time as demand, as your knowledge increases, as your demand increases, those prices go up. Um, and that's pretty much it, like building like that. You've got to make sure you ask for clients. Like I am an online coach. If you are interested, please get in contact. Like if you're not saying that, people don't know. Um, producing the right content, making sure that uh, you're relatable. And, you know, if you need to increase those numbers, then you know, get people in front of you. And if you can't get people in front of you, then you're not going to increase the numbers. Um, yeah. Um, logistics 101, how do you procure materials for one of our importation and delivery? So everything is, uh, sorry, linked to logistics 101, product design and insight backend processes challenges. It's quite hard to, uh, to understand. Um, how do you procure, procure materials for one of our importation and then delivery? So, uh, materials you have to go look for. Um, like I don't get sent the materials and then I make the product. So they will make the product for me. So I'll have an idea. Let's take the cuffs. Like I knew I needed them to be soft. I knew I needed them to be wider. I know I needed them to be longer. I knew I needed heavy duty D handles. I knew I needed heavy duty Velcro and I knew I needed them to look good. So I kind of found a cuff producer. Um, and I said, can you make these soft? And they said, yeah, we have a neoprene uh, we have like two or three different, we have neoprene, we have leather, we have the PU leather, which is like a fake leather. Um, and I said, can you change the sizes? They said, yeah. I said, cool. Can you make it this size, this size, this size? Um, can you change the D rings? Yeah. Okay. Well, I want this, this, this. And I was like, can you change the Velcro? I said, mm, it's hard, but we can make it a little bit stronger. I'm like, cool, make it stronger. So, you know, I get sent four or five different cuffs, four or five different materials, four or five different D rings, four or five different stitching. We cross-reference all of them, which stitching works best, which looks best, which D-rings D work best, and we you know, make another three or four products based off those specifications. And then it's just like a continual process of like 
what works, what doesn't, and just tweaking it based off of that. Same thing with the, with the straps. You know, I spotted some leather straps that I was looking for, and I thought, right, send me, send me two of those. Can you make them thinner? Can you make them bigger? Yeah, we can. All right, we'll send over all of them, and you just you just change it like that. So it's honestly, it's, it's quite a slow, slow process because this is all coming from your manufacturers, which are China, Pakistan, Bangladesh. So two or three weeks for every sample, $80 for every sample, you know, maybe 40 to $80 for every sample. So you're spending, you know, I probably spent a couple of thousand pounds just trying to develop the cuffs, sending them to and from, you know, getting designs sent to and from for, for like six or seven months because it's two or three weeks each time, right? So it does take a bit of time. Um, yeah, product, product design is, I've done everything myself, every single thing myself. It's just only been recently that I've now reached out to someone who can design these products on CAD I can stress test them, find the perfect material, and then we can send that to manufacturers to kind of cut down that process time and just increase the logistics time, which is something that you will find is a fucking bastard sometimes. So that's what we try and do there with with, with all that type of thing. Um, inflation coming a concern. Are overseas suppliers increasing prices, which is squeezing margin? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the main thing here is is the cost cost price of products has gone up since I've started doing this since two years. Probably nothing crazy, like a maximum of ten percent, which is still a lot because it takes ten percent away from the margin. Uh, the main issue here has been the shipping uh, with the Ukraine war with coronavirus. Like there are delays in every fucking port everywhere. Like China have just gone back into lockdown, so I've got about ten thousand pounds worth of stock just stuck in Shanghai, which should be here three weeks ago. Um, there's so many checks. Uh, if they fail a check, they destroy everything. I've had a thousand cuffs destroyed before. Uh, you get them reimbursed because they're all um, they're all insured and everything like that, and you make sure you've got those checks like that. We had a thousand cuffs uh, destroyed because they were with another pallet, and the pallet had like. I don't know, fucking food on it or something, which was illegal to go wherever they were going. So they had to destroy everything in case they'd been in contact with it. There's stuff like that. Um, Ukraine has has pushed, the Ukraine war has pushed prices up. Uh, just as an example, I was going to send a ton, so a thousand kilos worth of product to myself uh, or to our warehouse. And it originally cost me 2,200 pounds, which is a really, really good price. Uh, the Ukraine war happened and obviously it happened like as I was inquiring for the price. Um, the manufacturing wasn't quite complete, so it needed another 10, 10 to 14 days. Uh, and by day 10, I'd already got another email saying that from the logistics company that all the airlines have put their prices up. And it ended up costing me £5,700. So £3,500 more. And you haven't got a choice because you've got the product made. I haven't got it. Like, I've just got to take the loss on that product. Or not the loss, but the, the, la the less margin. All right, £3,500 more because of, of stuff like that and it's just it's out of your hands you can't do anything you've already got the product what do you do you wait until the prices come back down and next year you know and you just lose out on that product it's, it's extremely extremely difficult so stuff like that has, has become increasingly more difficult over the last few years so there's definitely having a few a few issues here um what your what's your sale <laughs> i don't know whether i want to answer these questions these questions are very difficult what's your how much do you turnover per month basically what's your sale of one a mile monthly um these questions are always very difficult because you don't want to like you don't want to like i think they're really important questions sometimes because it's like how are you ever going to hear this the answers from people and know where people can get and how people make their margins and 
etc uh, etc et but also like i don't want people listening to go you make how much you fucking what like you know it's so it's 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 kind of a hard question i don't know whether i should answer it right now um i wish i could like interact with you guys listening like who's saying say it and who's saying don't are you gonna judge me if I say it? Not that it's like crazy. It might be crazy to some people. Um, I'll just say that we do at least five figures every month, um, m- m- multiple multiple five figures every month, which has been crazy. Which has been absolutely crazy. That's for one of our, and obviously that doesn't take into account. That doesn't take into account taking off ninety percent tax, taking off for the corporation tax. It doesn't take into account tax uh, VAT. It doesn't take into account taking off for our postage pick and packaging it doesn't take off what we have to then invest you know it's like we might make you know whatever <laughs> we might make you know whatever a good amount of money and then we won't oh guess what there's zero profit to show for that because we have to reinvest that back in you know i, I i'll pay i'll pay my uh pick and pack guy at least six thousand pound a month you know maybe seven thousand pound a month to just to keep things moving so yeah i didn't i don't know let me know if I said that the right way. Let me know if I should have just said it. I don't. I don't really know. It's so difficult to. Uh, it's so difficult. It's so difficult to 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 talk about money like that because I don't want that to become a determining factor of my growth. If you look at like Guzman, uh, Christian Guzman talking about money, he just did a an Alphaland video where he turned over seven point seven million. People don't go, oh, you turn out seven point seven million. You don't need my business. I don't know whether people would think like this because it's Guzman and he's like established and he is already there. So I always feel like I want to get established and quote unquote make it right before I start spitting out these numbers and people being like, oh yeah, in case it like, I don't know. This is the weird thing, isn't it, about money? Um, but yeah. Um, how are we on? 38 minutes. Jesus, I've been chatting shit. Do you guys pay yourself salary or dividends? Um, so I pay myself Seven hundred. So I only pay myself from my online coaching. So my online coaching and my sponsors, um, that is the only money that I use. That's what I pay myself from. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't take any money from Monomar or anything like that. That's just constantly in there, recycled money, recycled money, working off like basically zero margins. Like if you look at the tax that that we pay for Monomar, like we paid something like eight thousand pounds, I think, maybe. Maybe a little bit less because you only get taxed on your profit, so like the profit is a pretty low, just just based off what you need to reinvest and and etc. Um, so I only pay myself from from online coaching. So with online coaching, um, I pay myself for like seven hundred nine, like that that number that I told you earlier. I think you can earn what twelve and a half. I think they've just moved it twelve and a half thousand pound tax free. So I pay myself that twelve and a half thousand pound. I then pay myself fifty thousand pound dividends per year. Um, I you and you know what? Sometimes I haven't used all that fifty. I usually just pay myself three and a half dividends every month, uh, which is what it's something like forty thousand pounds, maybe a little bit less, thirty eight thousand pounds. So that leaves me with twelve thousand pounds that I can take out when I want to, which is why I, I usually have like a big holiday at the end of the year because I have an extra ten thousand pound dividends that I can take out. Because the reason why you do that is because you get twelve and a half thousand pound tax free, and you get fifty thousand pounds taxed at about ninety percent. Sorry, taxed at nine percent, anywhere between nine and nineteen percent, which is really, really, really low. So I paid about two and a half thousand pound, three thousand, maybe about three and a half thousand pound tax on fifty thousand, so on sixty-two and a half thousand pound. So fifty-nine thousand pounds of that I got into my bank. 
which is why I can, and bearing in mind 12,000 pound of that, I put away into my savings, you know, bearing in mind I have to pay 1,500 pound to like, you know, with my rent, my food, my bills, uh, and my petrol, you know, a lot of that is already, is already gone. Um, but I don't, I don't really need to live frivol frivolously right now. Um, that's not really my goal. I'm not really that type of person either. Like I'll buy what I want, of course, but if I can, uh, but I'm not into it. So yeah, I pay myself uh, sixty two and a half thousand pound a year. I don't need to go above that because as soon as you go above that, uh, you start getting taxed like forty percent. And like I don't need more than that. Like, that's a lot of money. Like I could maybe take out another ten or something, and then I just lose four grand of it. And I'm like, what's the fucking point? I don't need that money. I, I live under that money. Like I have money spare. If I can put a thousand pound away, I don't need to worry about it, right? So I don't. I don't take any more. I just leave that in the business for uh, things like competing. You know, I got to go fly to America. I got to go to. Miami, I gotta to go to Texas, I gotta, you know, fly all around, I've got to take people with me, I've got to pay for Andy, so we've gotta we've gotta worry about that stuff. Uh do you have someone to sort out your taxes? Um or did you learn it yourself? So I'm gonna be honest, I have someone that sorts them out and does it all, but I fucking learn all of it. Like, is it me or accountant shit? Why don't accountants come to you with solutions? Like I have done things like so both my companies are VAT registered, both Josh Bridgman Fitness and uh Wanamar. Um I don't know why I said Josh Richmond Fitness, or I should just say my coaching and uh, sponsors are, are VAT registered. They're both VAT registered, but they were both one company at one point, you know, and they're obviously way over the VAT threshold. And that just didn't, like, it just didn't make sense to me because, like, the, co the coaching, I just, you can't, like, you can't claim any of that back, really, because I don't spend loads on coaching. Like, coaching is largely profit. So you just get fucked on it. So it just didn't make sense to me that they're all both going through. And I said to my accountant, can I just like split these companies? Because obviously they do different things that would make sense. And they go, oh yeah, that's called disegregation. We can definitely do that. And then you'd be below the VAT threshold on both of those companies. And I'm like, well, that fucking makes sense, doesn't it? Why didn't you tell me that? Instead, I'm paying 20% extra on everything that I can't fucking claim back. And I could have just separated it. 85 grand a year, you got to earn to be VAT registered. So obviously, combining both of those, I was over 85 grand. But then guess what? I split them, and then my coaching was below 85 grand, and my uh, one of mine was below 85 grand. So I didn't pay VAT on both of those, which saved me, like, saved me like 20 grand a year. It was fucking stupid. Like, why doesn't an accountant tell me that? Now it's a bit different. They're both VAT registered still, or, or they got VAT registered again. But it's just, it's silly. It's silly. It's silly. Um, there's many, many examples like that, you know? Um, there's so many, there's so many, so many examples of that. So uh, yeah, I've got some really, really good accountants now who are on top of things. So I'm just, um, I'm sticking with them. I'm sticking with them. Um, yeah, we. I don't know. Do we need to keep going? I've been rambling for forty five minutes. There are a few more questions, but I don't need. Uh, don't need to go about it. Um, oh yeah, we'll, we'll finish on this, right? Um. The process about becoming a limited company managing finances and taxes. So if you if you earn like 35 grand or something a year uh, and you're like self-employed, you are 100% going to benefit from becoming a limited company because of that dividends. You know what I was just talking about then? Paying myself 62 and a half grand a year, 12 and a half of it is tax-free, 50 of it, 9%. So you can earn sixty-two and a half grand a year at nine, whatever it is, nine percent, which is crazy. It's ridiculous, right? But if you were self-employed, you'd be getting charged 40 percent tax. So you're saving thirty percent or twenty percent of your money, which is absolutely crazy. So I would highly, highly, highly recommend anyone to uh, 
anyone who's got a, you know a good business or, or self-employed and you're earning you know 30 probably 30 anything that takes you above that 20 percent threshold you want to get yourself uh limited limited company uh, it's much 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 more tax efficient i've got many many more tips about tax i've got many more more tips about investing where to invest how to invest everything like that so we'll maybe do that on the next on the next podcast but let me know if you guys enjoyed this enjoyed this style obviously no bodybuilding here but if you did uh drop drop a drop a rating on the app and uh tag me in your stories and let me know we'll be back very soon people people peace and love everybody bye bye